member needs to know the difference. Oh, he's already starting to record. Yeah, I got to record all this. Just a second. Know the difference between what's doctrine and what's human. We have both elements that we have to work with. That's in 5th Nelson 2.30. Don't you love that there's chapters and verses that you can look up? Well, at least <laughs> that I can refer to for you guys. Super helpful. That don't have Cameron's books or die in. Because we're like, chapter 4, verse 12, you know. We're like, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> what is that? Well, I'm sorry. He sent them. People could print them. Right? And we're like, you gotta count your paragraphs. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so we, we kept Cameron so long he didn't get his supper, so he's got to don't choke on it, man. <laughs> I figured I wanted I wanted to come on early so I could talk about some of the stuff from the things before conference. Yeah. Right before the conference ones, you should just hop onto the Zoom we were just on because we were talking about not conference talk things we were talking about it's just a general guideline to make sure that we at least <laughs> that one but we can talk about anything right. we're okay. talking about mullen and comfrey and yarrow and <laughs> oh. okay you're going to make me go back and watch that video aren't you yeah <laughs> or i'll I'm just really tell you later i don't go back and watch the videos <laughs> so bad <laughs> Well, now we kind of have to because each video is a different talk. Mm. I'm just going to go to all of them that I can so I don't. <laughs> each each video, theoretically. No, this whole studying President Nelson is so multifaceted and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if, I mean, we could spend like a whole year, maybe two years, like really diving into his talks and stuff. So I don't know. I just kind of made an executive decision to like, kind of do it this way but i don't i'm i don't know if we need to modify i'm i'm open to it because this is this is one of those things that if we if we do your little retreat thing cameron everybody's just going to have to bring all their stuff with them yes. and we're just sit there and <laughs> right <laughs> i took a picture of my table today because when i study like there's all the books and then there's i have to have two electronic devices to go back and forth <laughs> phone and tablet and then you've got all you it's funny i'm gonna maybe make a facebook post about and this is how i study the scriptures <laughs> my pile do you see my, you see my it's kind of like that only i've got colored pencils <laughs> and, then, and then oh well, hold on we haven't we haven't then we have all that and then yep, <laughs> yep there we go my <laughs> yep. nan this week very helpful very helpful. You say leslie what what'd you say i said i got some training from nancy on all her systems and everything it's i'm i'm tomorrow i'm headed to joanne and michael's and hobby lobby because they're all <laughs> in one little radius and i'm gonna i'm gonna get stuff so <laughs> nice <laughs> Oh, it's not my fault. I swear, when you spend too much money, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do it the right way. 
Joanne should set up an affiliate link with you. <laughs> well, Michael's actually, I think, has more. Yeah. Michael's has, has more supplies. At least mine does. I don't know. I don't know what yours will have. Well, I'll get there first, and then I'll I'll work my way. Uh, Hobby Lobby. That would be an awesome thing to do with our retreats is like show <laughs> some of our like study <laughs> ideas and things like that because I think it's super helpful to like. I didn't know how to study some stuff. And so like seeing other people in action and stuff was very helpful. You should make sure you tell in the groups about your retreats in case some people don't check your site, your Facebook site. Yeah, I've had a few people like uh, text me different ideas and stuff since I put that on there, whatever. And it's got my brain like swimming, you guys. I'm like, <laughs> well, we could do them like every weekend. If <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Oh, we wouldn't have time to go to the temple. <laughs> so Cameron, I took your deep dive paper and I realized that front and back, that's just too much for me. So I wrote it all down. Mm, yeah. This little little blurb so that I remember. And it's punched so it'll fit on my rings and I can move it with me. Move it with you along. That's what I was doing. I was like, I, I, I can I move it really Ooh, you have pretty colors. I do. Yeah. So. I it was very handy to uh, be able to move it around and stuff. I've, I'm actually working on like a second version of that that's more helpful. Anyway, I'll put that out. I'm laminated out. line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good too. But I like yours, Nancy. It's smaller. That's good. Yeah, it's just a little. I, I do all my stuff with Happy Planner stuff. So this is the mini size. So. Little things from the Dollar Tree and they're mm -hmm. topic and I have a whole drawer full of them. Yeah, I love them. I can't keep it straight. That's how I do it. I have a book for every book I read and it's just like, wait, which one's this? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll combine them and then it's like a train wreck. Right, it has to be. Um, yeah, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> the sticky, the sticky aren't working anymore. That deep and stuff, and so I love that I'm in good company. <laughs> Speaking of Dollar Tree, this week I found these at Dollar Tree. Oh, flags! So Those are awesome. Quarter. And I just dropped one on the floor. So there's six colors mm -hmm. for a dollar and a quarter. And I also found these. Oh, so I use those at these school. These are the best. They're the dollar best. Dollar tree. Dollar and a quarter. To be reading and put it exactly where you stopped in the middle of a page. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I love it. <laughs> and, and I even got one of these little itty bitty little thingies at dollar three, right? <laughs> that I can keep them in. I love that. <laughs> I have one of those at school too. I have my little post-its. Yep. I am surrounded by nerds and I love it. <laughs> well, you know, we all flock together, right? No. <laughs> so fun. Oh goodness. Really goodness. All right. Well, we've got quite a few people on. Let's go ahead and uh, get started. Um Let's see. <laughs> when people hop on different ones, then I never know who to call on to pray. And I have to like <laughs> see who's there. Just a second. 
I don't think I've prayed in group B for a while, so I'll go ahead and say it. <laughs> Our dear Holy Father, we're so grateful this evening to, to be together, together as friends and um, uh, fellow servants. We pray that thy spirit may be with us. Help us to um, <laughs> to cover the, the many aspects of President Nelson's talk tonight that we may um, grow thereby and uh, grow in our conversion and our testimonies and in our personal missions. We pray for thy guidance in, in all things that our spirit of discernment may, may be heightened and that we may uh, always be looking uh, towards others and, and building Zion. We pray that our friendships may uh, ripple into our communities and um, into those around us, that we may always be ministering and um, fulfilling thy laws here on, on this earth, preparing the world for the second coming. Uh, please help us to understand and identify the, the doctrines and principles in, in these talks. And in the, we're so grateful for all of our many blessings, for our Savior Jesus Christ, grateful that his atonement covers us and um, allows us to, to commune with thee and to receive the, the power and blessings through our covenants. We're so grateful this night for all of our many blessings, and we ask for thy spirit to be with us in, in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right. Diving in. <laughs> I love it. So many different random things. <laughs> Group A just like barely got out, and so we're, we're kind of in this like weird uh, transitory period. So um, forgive my brain and where we're, <laughs> we're headed. But anyway, just kind of a, a recap from, from last week. Uh, any insights or impressions and things that you had from the author chat that we had with Triumph of Zion before we really dive into President Nelson's book? Um, just kind of if anybody has any uh, comments or, or questions or anything on, on that. I, I, have I, an I have an interesting story to share. Um, how many of you have, um, have any of you heard of the Perfect Day blog? Mm -hmm. Okay. Did you, did you hear that Eric Cowley died this past week? Okay. So his wife posted something. She posted an experience that he had a couple weeks ago. Um, where um, Eric heard John Pontius um, come to visit him and say, you know, I'm looking forward to working with you. And, um, you know, how she was talking about how that was so cool that, you know, now these two friends will be back together again. And who knows what the Lord's going to have them do on the other side. So, yeah. That ministering principle there. I thought that was kind of cool. And it tied in with, you know, all of our John Pontius stuff anyway. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting, the, the timing on that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> all right. So um, uh, let me pull up the, the schedule so that we're all kind of on the same page. I know that the, the schedule is kind of confusing, um, but President Nelson's words are so um, prof uh, profound and impactful that I don't know if we'll be able to cover all of the talks every single week. So we have a, a focus talk. Um, and so this week, all of our groups are studying the April 2018 General Conference. But for group B, we're going to start off and focus on revelation for the church, revelation for our lives. And then if we have time, we'll, we'll cover the other ones. So group A just had an awesome discussion on the ministering with power and authority of God. 
where we can go back and, and watch that session if, at your leisure. It, it might be a year from now, it might be uh, this week, but um, uh, kind of trying to <laughs> binge all of his talks before conference is, is pretty challenging. Um, so we're gonna start off with Revelation for the Church uh, talk tonight and uh, we can, I mean, it's not saying or trying to limit you on what you can comment on. I mean, feel free to, to bring up any insights in, in the April 2018 general conference. But anyway, just kind of somewhat headed in, in that direction. Um, we're just kind of filling this out, seeing if this, this flow works well. Um, uh, we're so used to being able to read a chapter and, and discuss it. And so this is a, a new experience for us. But anyway, Revelation for the Church. What insights did you guys have as you were reading this? Uh, what kind of new things did you see as uh, you were reflecting back on this uh, this older talk um, that you didn't see before or were, was new and uh, impactful for, for you the second time around? Just kind of opening up the floor. Uh, what insights you got to share? President Nelson testified of four things in this talk where he said, I testify or I so testify. The four things. The first one was Jesus lives. <clears throat> that was at the beginning. And shortly thereafter that the Lord picked his counselors. Um, and uh, the second, the third one was that the Lord inspired the call of Elder Gong and Elder Suarez. And <clears throat> one of the things that I don't know if any, anybody, any of the, you saw that. He did an interview with KSL while he was in Jerusalem in 2018. And when he was there, he said, um, when he was asked about the calling of elders Gong and Suarez, he said, the task <clears throat> was made easy by the Lord. He made it clear to me they would be called because of who they would become. The future will be molded by these two men. If you want to read that, it's in um, LDS Living has uh, that quote and information on that interview because um, it's not in Cameron's book. What I missed, darn it. <laughs> so anyway, that was the third thing he testified of. <laughs> that was the third thing he testified of is that you know the Lord the Lord picked who the next two apostles were, and then the fourth thing was all the way at the end of the talk. And he testified that this is Christ's church that was restored through the prophet Joseph Smith. So, you know, that Jesus lives, the Lord picked his counselors, the Lord inspired the call of the two new apostles, and that this is the restored church through Joseph Smith. So those were four things that he chose to actually testify of. That, that was. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Any other insights or, or things that you were able to, to glean out of there? I have a ton, but I don't want to monopolize the conversation. Oh, that's what I was just thinking. I was like, I kind of monopolized group A, so I'm, <laughs> but maybe I'll just. Um... Go, Nancy. Go, Nancy. Uh -huh. Go, Nancy. Well, one of the things that I thought was very interesting, um, he said, because I know that good inspiration is based upon good information, right? Um, 
I think that's a good thing to remember, especially in everything that's been going on the last couple of years and the last year, specifically in the church. You know, the brethren get their information and that's what guides their inspiration. And, you know, we need to remember that, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then he, then he says, I prayerfully met one-on-one -on -one with each apostle. This is in verse 21, if you have the numbered one. I prayerfully met one-on-one -on -one with each apostle. The footnote for that yes. takes us to 3 Nephi 28.1, which is Christ meeting one-on-one -on -one with each disciple asking, what is it you desire of me after that I have gone to the Father? So and fun. that led right into, you know, at the end of that, we get the three Nephites, right? So why would... Why would President Nelson use a scripture that led to three translated Nephites? And, and I, this is not just about picking the right counselors. <laughs> this, is, this is about, you know, meeting, prayerfully meeting one-on-one -on -one who, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> See my question mark? Like, yep. where did you start with this? Where did, where did this all start? Nancy, um, that was, where did what all start? <laughs> what did you start with? I missed that. I couldn't hear you. Oh, sorry. Because I know that good inspiration is based upon good information. I prayerfully met one-on-one -on -one with each apostle. If you have Cameron's book, it's verse 21. It's the 21st. Okay. 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 It's, got the, it's, it's footnote G. Gotcha. Um, I didn't you, get that. <laughs> When you go and you look at <laughs> yeah, so um, you know, just so much, right? Um, right. Oh gosh. So do you, you know, do you think that they could be the two Nephites? <laughs> Where's the third one? You mean oh, Elder Gong? Gong? Yeah, well, I, I think that there's a possibility they might end up being the ones that go to Jerusalem. It could be, yeah. It's I think it's going to be the Davids. Was, <laughs> I love well, talking about be. this stuff. Well, how many Davids do we have? We have D. Todd, David Todd, Christopherson, oh. and, and Bednar. And mm -hmm. he's, and I think they're both assigned over there. Well, maybe that, it is. That's got my little feelers up, but but I, you know, there's also there's also so much that that we can happen, right? We're yeah. gonna at some right. point in time we know we're gonna lose contact with the brethren in Salt Lake, and you know maybe maybe they truly are going to be the ones who are going to be left to do other things, and you know it's just interesting. You know, gotta watch what happens to to Gong and Suarez. Yeah, it's interesting in, in that next verse, verse 22, um, he's testifying of their call and he mm -hmm. says, I and we welcome them to this unique brotherhood of service. And I mean, it's it's kind of rare that they call it the brotherhood of service. It's always called the brotherhood of sacrifice or suffering, right? Um, so like um, alluding to all of those different um, apostolic talks of the brotherhood and um Anyway, I, I thought that that was very interesting going through Isaiah's ladder and the brotherhood of, of sacrifice and suffering there. Um, and 
welcoming them in, you know, like uh, that ministering principle, they're, they're ministering down and, and bringing those two apostles up so that they can have a fuller uh, mission in that apostolic realm. I, I thought it was very interesting and telling. Mm-hmm. I also gave a talk uh, lesson last week in Relief Society, and it's the talk Faith to Action Become. And he also says he met President Nelson in the cafeteria and said, you know, one of the first times he ever met him. And he said, do you have any advice for me? And he, he just said, you're here because of what you're going to become. Mm-hmm. That said the exact same thing. So maybe it's a theme he has, or maybe he said it to three people. I don't know. And interesting kind of looking at Suarez's life since becoming an apostle, right? Like, <laughs> it shocked me the first time that I seen him after he got put on like the President Nelson workout regimen or whatever, where he's joking around. Like, I mean, boom to skinny. And many of the apostles have uh, said that President Nelson has encouraged them to, to lose weight for the future, that that's going to be important. And um, so, I mean, they're all, they're all getting skinny and I'm just like sitting here pounding my granola bars. <laughs> and I'm like, huh, maybe I need to do something different here. But it's an important principle. If it's important to President Nelson, who's communing with deity for the future, I think it should be, uh, again, word of wisdom, right, that we talked about in group A. Um, I think that that's a crucial element of our future experience and and why he's bringing that up in every single conference talk this time. I never picked that up, not once. That's cool. Yeah, so um, I talked about in group A that every single talk from this April 2018 either has it in the footnotes or it's blatantly in the talk that the word of wisdom is a crucial thing, but all of the talks aren't necessarily about the word of wisdom, but they mention them in and highlight them in specific ways that um, just make you wonder. And so uh, anyway, it's a a fruitful study uh, going through those footnotes that, that mention it and why it's important and what it's leading to. All of the talks from everybody or just from President Nelson? And Well, I mean, it could be others and stuff, but I was just talking President Nelson's. Okay. I just was trying to get clarification. I take it back. The three main talks. So uh, the three big ones, you know, there's the introductory remarks and the, the small little ministering one. I, I didn't look in those ones, but um, in these three main ones, the, the word of wisdom is, is definitely highlighted. Okay. Now I'm going to have to go back and look for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. Because all of them are about rising up, preparing the world, preparing ourselves, and actually living up to our privileges. And the word of wisdom is crucial in that. And as we'll go into uh, School of the Prophets, we see that it's a similar pattern, that they couldn't progress and actually see God face to face until the word of wisdom was established. And so just kind of... Wow reading that, thinking and pondering, looking at the patterns that are there and what patterns we need to free ourselves of if we want the same blessings kind of thing. Well, one of the things that he did, um, he gave us a number of questions to ponder um, in verses 25 and 27. Um, How can we become Christ-like servant, the Christ-like servants the Lord needs? Um, How to find answers? what will seeking open for you? That's quite interesting. What wisdom do we lack? 
And what do we feel an urgent need to know? Yeah. And then he gave us a call to action of what to do, to pray, to listen, to record, to follow through. And then I wrote rinse and repeat. <laughs> you know, um, that's so good. Cameron, did you put that in a structure when you did this? Uh, yeah, I have the, the chiastic structure. Let me pull that up. Real did. Look what Cameron did, you guys. Oh, you ready? To go. <laughs> watch this is is structures and so you know i'm just trying to be a nerd right um always get my camera out and take pictures <laughs> <laughs> so here is and that's the thing about chiasmus like it can you can have different interpretations somebody else might find different ones or interpret it different but here's what it was saying to me so he begins, this is the overarching chiasmus of the, the talk, in my opinion. So he begins with Easter and ends with Easter, which leads me to believe, hey, he's speaking chiastically. Um, he first talks about President Monson's passing and the reorganization of a first presidency, which is mirrored very closely with his prophecy and exhortation at the end of the talk. Um, he talks about how all eight grandparents were stalwarts, yet his parents were not active, and he it mirrors up with the be prepared for obstacles, as you are, like, Satan's always going to be after us kind of thing. Then, <laughs> this is the most interesting one, and I'll kind of get into it a little bit later, but um, he talks about his... Um, interaction for lack of a better word Dansel and Wendy and all of that and it's contrasted with the recipe for opening the heavens if you'll study that recipe for opening the heavens and what that has to do with Dansel and Wendy very insightful I love it um so he talks about the privilege of receiving revelation and the uh, seek pray listen and receive your own witness I mean very key uh parallels there and then he talks about um, three different examples of what it means to be a servant. And then he says, we all can become servants. And so um, he talks about a medical example, a marriage example, and an apostolic example of servants. And if we know anything from our uh, study on Isaiah, the servant level is crucial to um are ascending the ladder to heaven. And so I, I found this talk very enlightening that it, it centers around Easter and uh, that Passover imagery and becoming servants. Um, let me see if there's any other, I mean, there's chiasms all over, but um, yeah, this is kind of like the major one. So um, uh, I, I'm, should have marked where which verse this was, but um, I owe much to my forebearers. Yeah. That's in verse seven. Verse seven, okay. Um, and that is being contrasted with when he actually is able to be sealed to them, uh, all of his forebearers. But he contrasts, which is interesting because I have only known biblical prophets to do this, but they uh he compares eight with 80 
So anytime that a number is multiplied by a 10, it um, just kind of doubles its significance. Um, but I've never seen it in President Nelson's stuff that I've studied so far, but he does that very Hebrew thing of uh, chiastically comparing something, but then emphasizing it with a, a multiplying of 10. Um, Where does he multiply it with 10? I don't see that. Uh, My parents were past 80. 10 verse 10 or paragraph 10 whatever uh -huh. is the first one did you say the the first one is in seven yeah okay. and then the, the second one is in um 10 is in 10 my parents were past 80 oh wow um and then looking at um how each of those stalwart souls sacrificed and then he goes into a sacrifice of his own on behalf of someone else, which we know is Davidic covenants, if we've studied um, Isaiah. So um, how each of those Star Wars souls sacrificed to come to Zion, and then he himself as a little boy is sacrificing to rend someone's veil. Mm -hmm. um, then in D... However, not all of my ancestors remain committed. Um, and he talks about uh, how he came to understand the word of wisdom. Uh, that commitment comes through understanding. And so uh, his parents hadn't uh, taught that yet. He's learning it. And so here in E, I adored my parents. They meant the world to me and taught me crucial lessons. But the learning from his home did not parallel, I mean, it, it parallels, but is not equal to the learning about the gospel. And so even yet, as a boy, I knew something was missing. And so uh, anyway, there's this, this great chiasm of this story of, of learning and, and sacrifice on others' behalf that ultimately comes full circle to sealing ourselves to our ancestors and and all of this i mean uh, it's just the whole ministering model uh, on the ladder to heaven um i'm just looking for other one i mean there's there's a few and i haven't actually gone through the the last few verses of the chapter uh, with chiasm in mind but those are the ones i found and, and occupied my study so much um i found those uh, very fun so what given verse was it that you had the um the um Thing on opening the the windows of heaven where did you have that in, in your in your big chiasm uh -huh. you had the oh. recipe for opening the heavens where is that um okay uh it says nothing opens the heavens quite like verse 33 yeah, got it okay yeah i did have it i just didn't have it labeled as such so mm -hmm. yeah okay that's so, what i wanted here verse 33 with uh, verses 12 through, eh, it's kind of like 12 through 14, but mostly 12 through 13. But anyway, comparing those two, you're, you're going to have some aha moments that are fun. Um, looking at when you talked about him sacrificing as a little boy, and yet it took a long time because his parents were 80. So he would have been 
yeah. or so how we need to um, exercise patients and not get discouraged if it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And as we would like, so. Yeah, mm -hmm. in the end with the, the, the chiasmas that everything works out when sacrifices are made. And uh, you know, the Lord's timing is the Lord's timing, but when we can perform sacrifices on others' behalf, so that they can rend their veil of unbelief and have their eyes opened. A key point of it was um, he thought, you know, because I think that's how all sacrifice works. Sometimes we have our own uh, assumptions about it. He's like, I expected to get beaten, right? Or get a spanking or something, but like, but he never did. Mm -hmm. So rent a veil of unbelief at that moment that didn't come to full fruition for like 80 years. I mean, this is a long time that, that uh, things are happening there. Anyway, uh, very awesome. One thing I loved so much, I thought it was so funny, is when he said on 17, when he met Wendy and proposed to her, he said, I know about Revelation and how to receive it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm sure he did. And then how she said she'd already sought and received her own revelation. Have you guys heard the story about those two, how she was in Canada? Mm -hmm. and how she she had a feeling to apply it do i have you guys all heard that already i think it's in one of her books yeah she applied to BYU. she didn't want to apply to byu but she did she felt like she's supposed to and then she's at byu for 15 years and doesn't know why and then she meets him and i just thought that was so funny where he's like i know how to, about revelation and how to receive it it's like well, you are like pretty far up there. I bet you do know how. I thought that was cute. And then well, she knows how to, or she never would have met him. Had she not, had she not taken that job that she didn't even want, she never would have met him. So I love that part. I thought it was a little humorous because, you know, we always hear, you know, she's at BYU, right? And we always hear these young men going up and going, you're supposed to marry me. I've gotten revelation that you're supposed to marry me, right? And so oh. I thought that was kind of fun, you know, <laughs> she had to get her own. So even that is a lesson to all of those college co-eds. <laughs> he wanted to make sure she had it and he, and she made, she'd already sought and received her own revelation which gave her courage to say yes. Like, I think that's cool that she'd done all, for 15 years, she did it. Mm -hmm. Because so it, it could only come by revelation, right? Like right. if you were put in Wendy's shoes, President Nelson, uh, what does it say? In 2005 is when Dancil died. And this, they're getting sealed in April of 20, or 2006. I mean, this is only a year. And so like courtship has to be, if this old geezer who's an apostle that comes courting you. Like, <laughs> he's like 20 years older than you. He's older than you. Oh. <laughs> you have to receive revelation and act on it because like that whole situation is just kind of a little weird. <laughs> I didn't know that much younger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has, he yeah, has yeah, a yeah. daughter who's older than her. Oh, I did not know that. Well, I guess it said that in the book. Huh? Okay. Yep, so there's hope for everyone. <laughs> Let's see. She is 71 and he is 97. Oh. Yeah, so that's 26. That's a lot. Years. Yeah. A couple. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking, you know, in 2006, right? 
she was she was born in 1950 that would make her 56 so um that's just a little older than i am right now and i'm thinking what would i do you know me you know my age somebody who is 70 um oh no he would be 82 <laughs> that's right it's kind and of I want to marry an 82 year old yeah that would take that would take a fair amount of personal revelation and you know that that the end just, of 17 there which gave her the courage to say yes uh -huh. <laughs> I kind of that though like he's like she had her own revelation like I really like that I thought it was so yep. cute mm -hmm. yep I love their relationship She's always got her arm right on him. Like she's like right by him all the time. Yeah. It seems like she never leaves his sight. Yep. Sure. Well, if you have noticed, um, the brethren all go everywhere with their wives now. It didn't used yeah. to be that way. Um, I think some of that is <clears throat> because of all of the um all the photoshopping that can be done right um it's a protection for them to have their wives with them all the time because um if if their wife was at home and they were off on some trip somebody could take a picture photoshop somebody else in and oh. try to pose problems right but because their wives are always with them whenever they're out in public like that they're always together you know so i i, I see that as a protection for them um in addition to modeling for us what that relationship should be like and 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 the equal yoking of them right and and i i think that's something we didn't see in the past because the wives all stayed home and the brethren just traveled and so we didn't see that their wives were equally yoked with them yeah every bit they're equal yes and i think the women of the church today need to know that yeah totally agree <clears throat> does anybody love the fact that elder maxwell's quote was brought up to those who have eyes to see and ears to hear it is clear that the father and the son are giving away the secrets of the universe i remember hearing that in my ears just like perked <laughs> up it's like what <laughs> at the time of the conference talk but uh, like now studying it, i'm like holy cow i mean how many things can you just blatantly put out there and i'd miss it yeah well he says does god really want to speak to you yes <laughs> he says that in 29 right and then he goes and he talks about um personal revelation and everything and then he and he talks more about personal revelation and then comes back to that quote. I mean, there's another little mini chiasm for you there, Cameron. Yep. Wait, I love it. So out of this conference, the April 2018, yes, there is a lot of number symbolism, but most of it comes out of this talk. And, um, you know, just on like verses six and seven and 12, 13, like there's a lot of different number symbolisms that he's thrown out, which is kind of interesting. Like, 
that, that this talk is so heavy in it. There's the number 34, the number 10, number 16, number eight, number 60, uh, the symbolism behind April 6th. If you've ever done a study on every important event that happens on April 6th, why on earth is that so? And they got married on April 6th? Yeah. Right. Why bring up that date in your conference talk? Like, you know, you could just say 2006, but no, he, he makes a point of saying April 6th, hint, hint, hint. Okay, so what is, tell us the number symbolism for 34. Uh-huh, so interestingly enough, um, some of these, because like the, the basic numbers from like zero to, to 10 are pretty basic and, and we can know those pretty well. And so some of those higher numbers that are uh, kind of convoluted sometimes, um, let me pull up this website, it's biblestudy.org. I find myself coming back to this a lot. Uh, do I trust every single thing that's uh, opinion that's on here? Maybe not, but there are a lot of helpful hints for symbolism. So if we go to meaning of numbers in the Bible, uh, this has some of the, uh, uh, the more popular ones, but you can also um, click up here in the URL and change it for whatever number that you're studying. And so here is the number 34, and uh, it'll give you all of the appearances of the number 34, the Fibonacci sequence of the number 34, all of that kind of stuff. So I find it's a, a pretty helpful resource, but um, in here, it, it kind of uh, alludes to the, the pattern of naming a son. Um, and, and I think in, in this talk, kind of that son servant level that, that God is, is naming there. Um, and it also refers back to um, Solomon's reign um, is tied to the number 34 as well. And so Solomon is the last king in um, that dynasty before uh, of a united kingdom. He's the last united king before it splits, which I think is significant. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And then which one did you say, number 60? Well, you've got 34, 10, 16, 8, and 80. You know, these are the numbers you just rattled off. And said, this is what he does. So I want to, yeah. you know, I think you should, you should share. Uh -huh, if you're yeah. going to rattle him off, you better be prepared, Cameron. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, like the, the basic numbers, like I said, those ones, like 10, 8, um, those ones can have so many different meanings and, and things. But um, here, I think that it's, it's very much applying, the 10 is applying to uh, Passover, which is the 10th day of the first month which is interesting if we look back at the timing of President Monson's passing. I think that it alludes uh, and, and ties back into there, where he has personally known 10 of the 16 presidents. Mm -hmm. uh, 16 is, is a number of love, um, I kind of like matchless love or perfect love. Um, number eight it is pretty much always a reference to the fullness of the Melchizedek priesthood and eternal perspective. And then the number 60 um, is kind of the threshold of the last part of your life. Like if you're dividing your life into parts, almost always the last part starts with the number 60. 
And so it can also mean a redemption from a vow, which is kind of interesting. Um, so the 60 comes in verse 12, where Dancil passes away uh, nearly 60 years of marriage. And so that, that vow symbolism, I think, is, is interesting to, to look at there. Again, symbolism can, can vary widely. That's just kind of my interpretations and, and kind of looking at things in patterns. But you might have a different interpretations, and that's totally fine. Don't just lean on, on mine. That gives us something to look for. Mm -hmm. I love how real he is about in that one too about how when she passed away how his grief was almost immobilizing like I love how real and how like kind of raw he is about things and not just like kind of gloss it over as you know yeah exactly and I Studying President Nelson's life and words and stuff, remember that that story of the the two girls that he lost uh, in surgery and how I, I think it was that story. I'm pretty sure where I mean he was immobilized, like grief yeah. overtook yeah. him. Yeah. Who brought him out of that? It was Dan. Dancil's like, have you cried enough? I mean, it almost kind of seems a little flippant, like her. her answer. Well, like Daddy wasn't going to be able to practice anymore. Remember. Uh -huh, yeah. And so Dancil brought him out of that. And who brings him out of this one? Because he uses the same words. It was almost immobilizing. He, he was almost just like curled up in the fetal position on the floor, like with those two girls. And yet, then the Lord brought Wendy Watson by my side. And, and I think that Dancil definitely had a part in that as well. Uh, you know, I think um, if we're, <laughs> sorry, my brain is just going like so many miles an hour. Sorry, I need to calm down. <laughs> but, um, if we're looking at the Pardis principle, um, if you look at the worksheet and, and the, the four different levels of Hebrew layers, um, that I believe is on the Darash, which is an allusion to uh, allusion to another story, right? So I think verse 12 is definitely pointing to that story of these these two girls and the exact same immobilization that occurred and who brought him through it. Uh, it's always the wife that, or, you know, uh, we can extend that on to, to spouse or, or partner, but like, that's who can bring us out of that immobilization. That's who uh, we are yoked with, etc. And so anyway, I think that that's just highly, I don't know, that's my brain and uh, how I process it. One more thing about that, though, is I think when they, when a prophet or any of the apostles, when they open up and you feel the realness of their life, then it makes us love them more and like have a personal connection with them. Like for other people that have lost their spouse to see like it is, it is that hard and it is that bad. Like the, it's important that they like, have you ever heard speakers where they have a really great speech, but you don't connect to them because they don't say anything about themselves. Like, and mm -hmm. he's being like really, you know, raw about it, how hard it was. Yeah. So I really, I love that about him. Yeah, exactly. And like looking back at the, the talk, this is revelation for the church, revelation for our lives. And isn't the revelation process raw? Like, I mean, we get run through the ringer on, on the revelation um experience right i mean we have to go through the depths in order to experience the heights 
again, referencing Isaiah. I'm so glad that we studied Isaiah and triumph of Zion and Abraham and stuff before coming to this. Like it just fits. I have so many more insights to it now. I, I can see patterns and, and things. But yeah, that, that revelation rawness, I, I think that uh, we connect with him through that uh, as he yeah. is uh, helping us through. Sorry, I feel like I've just like monopolized everything. You guys, <laughs> what else did you guys get? <laughs> um, in 21, good inspiration is based upon good information. It just made me think back to our author study last week or our author interview and how Todd was saying, you know, your scriptures, your scriptures, your scriptures, use your scriptures and um, how he studies that in Joseph Smith. And I thought, okay. Okay, you know, just all these things are kind of connecting on how important. I mean, we know the scriptures are important, but it just it it's interesting seeing it in here as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. Really good. You know, like there's just little catchphrases that you take away from from different talks and stuff. That's that's definitely one that's that stuck with me this time around. That. Uh, good inspiration is based on good information. I'm so uh, Go ahead. Oh, you're fine, Nance. Uh, I was just gonna say one of the, one of the things that I find myself quoting more, you know, all the time from this is in 36, in coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. That is so prophetic, right? Because we can see everything that we've gone through the last, you know, the last four years since then. And isn't that exactly what we what we needed to have and he so he warned us four years ahead of time well you know he warned us a, a couple years ahead of time right this mm -hmm. is about that and and that ties a little bit into what he said um a little bit it was actually after this conference when he was in chile it was just a um it was just that fall when he was interviewed in Chile. He said, if you think the church has been fully restored, you're just seeing the beginning. There is much more to come. Wait till next year and then the next year. Well, what happened the end of 2019 and what happened in 2020, yeah. right? Eat, eat your vitamin pills, get your rest. It's going to be exciting. And what do we know? If you had good health and had, you know, were getting a good diet, and you were getting well rested, then you actually had some protection from some of the bad stuff of COVID. It, it, it's all this prophetic stuff that it, they all tie together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. it. That same verse, verse 36, uh, going uh, to the beginning of it, since we're there, but um, mm -hmm. I, <laughs> our Savior, and like, um, sorry, um, I can't remember which bullet point was it, but like, um, circling all verb tenses and so um going through that he will perform some of his mightiest works between now and when he comes again like 
if we haven't learned that through Isaiah's pattern and everything, everything that has been shall be, and he will perform some of his mighty works between now and when he comes again. We will see miraculous indications that God the Father and his Son, because, I mean, sometimes we, we focus so much on, on just Jesus Christ leading the church, but here, God the Father and the Son together preside over this church in majesty and glory. I think that that's one of my favorite like prophecies there. We will see miraculous indications that these two lead this church in majesty and glory. I was just like, what does that even look like? I spent like a good half an hour just like meditating and trying to like picture all of that significance there. I mean, that, that that's huge. What is, you know, in light of the atonement and everything else that Christ did during his ministry and that we have in the New Testament mm -hmm. and, and things that we have read in the Book of Mormon, if some of his mightiest works are going to be now, what the heck? <laughs> How mighty might they be, right? Yeah. You know? And, and, you know, there's another reference to the second coming, you know, when he comes again, right? I'm yeah. highlighting all of those. <laughs> what color? Green. <laughs> Green is my last day's um, stuff. Got it. That's my color. Mm -hmm. What color? You know I have a color. I do know that. <laughs> And then, yeah, one of his best invitations there, 31, I urge you, you know, I mean, when a prophet of God urges you, like the <laughs> Book of Mormon prophet, and when they say that, we always go to it and go, yeah, awesome, like, when he's urging us, here's our current prophet urging us to stretch beyond your current spiritual ability to receive personal revelation. I mean, like, I internalized that at the time, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. But looking back with hindsight and everything, I'm like, I didn't do it near as well as I, <laughs> I should have. And so like taking that and moving forward now is like, it's a renewed invitation. Like he doesn't just urge us for a year. He urges us for the rest of our life to stretch beyond our current spiritual ability to receive personal revelation. For the Lord has promised that if thou shalt seek, thou shalt receive revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge that thou mayest know the mysteries and peaceable things, that which bringeth joy and which bringeth life eternal. I mean, how many times are we <laughs> scolded for searching the mysteries? And here he's going, I urge you. This is, this is not just like a, oh yeah, it's okay to study the mysteries. No, I urge you because it's going to, you're not even going to be able to survive spiritually without that that guiding influence and and the mysteries that are that are coming to you kind of thing I mean, it's just so impactful with, with hindsight and because like at this point april 2018 like i i was studying but i hadn't like woken up yet to like mm -hmm. things and so like with hindsight i'm like oh my gosh if i would have known this at the time that he's given this talk i would have like <laughs> I would have been consumed by uh, my zeal for it. Like, that's just so awesome that he's uh, saying it so plainly right there. I totally agree. And then if you look at 16, it's talking about the Holy Ghost. Uh -huh. And then the footnote is F. 
and you go down it's the sweet power of prayer so that talked go the the scripture with it is nephi and it says i pray continually for my people by day and my eyes water my pillow by night i cry unto the lord in faith and i know he will hear my cry like i love the tenderness of that okay. i love how i love how he can go so bold and then so tender like find the most tender scripture for the people that need tenderness you know and then um he talks about in that talk the one thing i really liked was remember he was um told how to fix that the one guy's heart mm -hmm. by pleats it put pleats um on the heart valve to reduce the the flow you know around the ring or something i can't remember and then the the other surgeon that was helping him said it's a miracle and he said it's an answer to prayer yeah. and he wouldn't take any credit for it like i love how he he's bold but then he's tender like he puts these little tender scriptures in there to like for the those of us that need some tenderness and like need that little bit of you know the the crying on the pillow at night like mm -hmm. i i just love that yeah yeah i love it thank you i also love and i don't know what um I don't know what verse it is because I, I don't have my book yet. But it's it says, regardless of what others may say or do, no one can ever take away a witness born to your heart and mind about what is true. And I love that because it, it just is so comforting. And it just tells us how important it is for us to be able to hear the voice of the Lord and to gain that personal witness for ourselves and to gain our own personal revelation about the truthfulness of what's what we're hearing about what he's telling us about what we're hearing about what we're reading and studying and nobody can ever take that away from us once we know we know and we're accountable for that so i just i don't know if that was shared i was a few minutes late but oh, yeah that's awesome and is it in 30 three you said 30. Oh, 30. That's at the end of 30. Yeah. I'm almost going to have every single something underlined <laughs> in one color or another. I love it. Yep. Exactly. Because, and isn't that such a testament of him as a prophet? Like that all of the patterns that we're searching for, all of the insights that we're receiving, all come back and confirm that he is being led by God and he is the prophet for our time. And there's stuff to be had um, that God is speaking to us through him. I, I, it's just, when I was putting together the, the book of notes and even the apostolic years or whatever, I was just like, holy cow, it, it's all here. God's plan. This is, this is the life of president Nelson. It, it's just such a confirming witness to me. And I think that that really did help me out through like this last year, lots of challenges, lots of um, things, both personally and, and in the world to, to remain fixed upon the promise of God in our, our leadership and our prophet and, and, and everything. I, it's just so poignant. I, I love, <laughs> I love that just imagery that that testament as you held up your scriptures i was just like all of that color is is just god's color confirming uh these these same things mm 
I haven't uh, actually, uh, one thing that is just standing out on the page to me to, to look up, but I haven't looked it up yet. Uh, verse 28, uh, footnote J. Um, I don't know. As soon as I, I glanced over here, the grow into the principle of revelation, where it goes to teachings, uh, page 132. Has anybody looked that up? No, but Scott's grabbing it for me right now. Okay, sweet. Because <laughs> I'm like, I, for some <laughs> reason, the spirit's just like <laughs> grabbing my eyes and like fixing them up on that. For some reason, I need to. to right, it's a section titled, We Can Receive Personal Revelation Through the Holy Ghost. Sweet. Um, it's a, it's a whole section from when we had this manual, uh-huh. a whole page. So you want me to read any of it? Um, not necessarily. I, I that'll okay. probably just be like a, a personal study. I don't want to waste everyone's time, but, um, yeah, I, I'm going to go pull out that manual and, and do it. Something's like really drawing me to it. <clears throat> I'm looking to see. If there's anything that is that's standing out, hmm. the wizard two talks and he talks about the alcohol of his family and his father. No, I think it was just this one. Yeah, so this one is about alcohol, and then um, the previous one that we did in Group A. Um, was Brother Cox's uh, smoking the cigar. Okay. He didn't mention his father in the other one? Oh, I guess I'm confused. Uh-uh. I, I don't think so. But I might be conflating them now at this point. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard <laughs> separating them out when you're all studying them together. But yeah, I, I believe the, the first one was Brother Cox and the cigar, and then uh, this one was his father and the alcohol, the liquor. Well, I stepped out to do scriptures too, so maybe I got confused. Sorry. In 39, um, well, actually 38 and 39. In 38, he exhorts us to come unto Christ. Isn't that what the prophet is supposed to do? Is to point the way to Christ, right? So he exhorts us to come unto Christ, to lay hold upon every good gift, um, beginning with the gift of the Holy Ghost. So... You know, we kind of think about, oh, you know, the gift of the Holy Ghost, but what are all the spiritual gifts? Lay hold of every good gift. And then in 39, he talks about we're followers of Jesus Christ. The most important truth the Holy Ghost will ever witness is that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, is our advocate with the father, our exemplar, our redeemer, right? And we commemorate his atoning sacrifice his literal resurrection and his divinity, you know? So all of those things that he teaches us right there about Christ. He's, he's the son of the living God, our advocate, exemplar, redeemer. He sacrificed, he's resurrected and he is divine. Mm -hmm. Love it. Have any of you done like the study that he challenged us to do on the topical guide and looking up all of the different, um, it was to the youth, but then he reissued it in general conference. I forget exactly which talk it is at this point, but um, no, I haven't completely because it's very, very involved. Yeah, it's so involved. I, I'm, I'm 
recommitting myself uh, to, to go through it and stuff. But I mean, I spend like a week just on one uh, like advocate, like, oh man, with Isaiah and Triumph and all of these books and stuff. And looking back at what advocate means, I'm like, whoa. So when he's testifying of this, this is the most important truth that Christ is these things. I love that. Well, you know, you could make a, get a notebook, right? And put one of those, wor- each of the words at the top of a page or every third page or something. And then just as you're reading your scriptures and you come across something about one, write in the, write in the notes. And by the time you're, you know, gone through the scriptures a couple of times, you'll have, you'll have all of that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's a great book, Cameron. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna. If anybody wants to buy it, like this "Learn of Me" a Desert Luke, um, is is awesome. Uh, you know, I totally agree with like the the journaling principle too. But like, um, this is the the book that, that I'm going through, and it it lists out the thing and has all of the different footnotes and topical bo- guide studies. It's a fun little. Oh. Workbook. Cameron, did you say that's a workbook? The one you just held up. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a workbook um, from awesome. Stephanie Dib Sorensen. She teaches down at BYU. But um, yeah, you can pick it up at Deseret Book. They still sell it. I love that. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Um, it kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like the, not lazy way to do it, but like, like what Nancy was saying, you know, take a notebook and put it at the top kind of thing. This one, it has every single reference pulled out already. So you don't have to go searching for it. It saves a little bit of time, but um, anyway, it's just a workbook with margins and everything. It's very. But I guess I was talking about like when you run into these other books and the stuff in the other books, you could write, you know, now you could, you could write them in the margins, right? Mm -hmm. But some of this is not is some of us write more than others mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. you know <laughs> yep. nancy's got all of her margins all filled out or you're like my mom you should see my mom's notes <laughs> she's so funny with her notes come on darlene let's see your notes <laughs> <laughs> I have more notes in my scriptures and in my, um, in the, you know, book of Nelson than I have in the, the learn of me though. So yeah. then I, I, I get that and I go and make notes in my scriptures. Um. Okay, Cameron, <laughs> I just want to remind all of us what, what um, Eric, cautioned us is we could be um dive into this all day every day but that wouldn't be balanced and so um i'm mainly telling this to myself because it's so tempting to just go go and go but um yeah staying rooted and and actually (laughs) going with the spirit and all things right and, and, and ultimately it's, it's serving one another. So it, this is so exciting and I have to rein myself in every time after we meet. <laughs> yep. I love it. Yep. Um, Number 24H was really, do we have time for me to talk? Ooh, what time oh, yeah. I was just glancing up at what time it was. Um, 24H, the 
footnote. Um, he taught he's talking about the unity between the twelve and how um the Holy Ghost unifies them. And um then I looked up H was from the from Joseph Smith, the teachings of the pro, the presence of the church. And it was about forgiveness. And this was really interesting to me because like I don't follow all the stars or all this that you know I don't follow it a lot but a little bit I just have one one person I listen to that like teaches about the stars and what you know where Jupiter is or whatever and they're like there's this return of Venus or something right now that was supposed to be like like your skeletons in the closet will come out and like all your family secrets will come out or whatever and I was I take it with a total grin so I think it's kind of funny but Mm -hmm. but it actually has happened in my family. Like we don't ever have drama, but then we've had this huge drama and I've just tried to stay out of it because I don't like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is about forgiveness. And I've been really working to forgive some people in my family that I felt like haven't been very nice. Mm-hmm. And then it talks about forgiveness and it says, Father, this is Joseph Smith. Father, forgive me as me, my trespasses, as I forgive those who trespass against me. For I freely forgive all men. And forgiveness restores unity. So he's talking about the unity in the the 12. And then he says, it grieves me that there is not fuller fellowship. If, If one member suffers, we all feel it. And I feel like that in the family. Like if one person isn't being kind or picking at each other or whatever everybody feels the suffering Mm -hmm. and like this week I've really been trying to control my thoughts and like how our thoughts affect other people and I feel like that's part of it like because if one person suffers we all feel it and so then you go to Mosiah 430 but in as much as I can tell you that if you don't watch yourselves and your thoughts and your words and your deeds and observe the commandments of God and continue in faith ye must perish like so like that i just thought that was so good just about how unity especially like i feel like families are just being attacked so hard that you know there were lose and in our in our churches and you know we're we're losing that unity and if one is suffering everyone feels it i thought that was really good cameron Can I take a couple minutes and share something? Um, And it has to do, I can't remember which group I shared this in before, but it was um, having to do with um, uh, not feeling of worth based on the things that had happened to me in my life and so set that aside and I've been working on helping um with proxy work helping to um free my dad from some unbelief that he has and help him on the other side of the veil and um the Lord has told me exactly what I um need to do to help with that and one of the things is um that I need to forgive him um which I thought I had 
but that the thing was that I need to see him as a good person. And that is something. So if you would ask, if somebody asked me to describe him, being a good person would not have been on the list. And so I realized that that was uh, an issue and um, something that um, one of the gals in the Isaiah Dakota class on Saturday said that, um, that we need to be other people's greatest advocate. And I thought, I haven't been my dad's greatest advocate. And so I repented of that. And it was just this huge release. And I could feel this pop. And it released me. And it also released him. So when Kathy was talking about it, it affects all of the people in the family. It really does. Um, there, just real quick, there's a, a video on YouTube about uh, it's a near-death experience. Uh, gal named Penny Whitbrote and she talks about this is something that the Lord taught her um, that when you aren't forgiving someone you're making especially if they are um, a, a challenging person that you make them more even more of a challenging person because that because your your unforgiveness sticks to them but it also sticks to you and reading this in the scriptures all these years, it just didn't really sink in until I've been having this experience regarding my dad. And um, so here I thought that my um, lack of feelings of self-worth had everything to do with my past, like how I was treated as a child and an adult and and whatnot but really it was me having all of that on me because what I was saying to myself is that I am not a good person and I wasn't um, allowing Christ to be a, a good advocate for me so everything just busted loose and I feel completely differently and just it was just like that because I applied the gospel so Thank you. Yeah, I love that. I'm so glad you brought up that video, that near-death experience video, Leslie, because I literally was about ready to bring that up. So I think that's just great. We both had the same idea. Was it like on one of the Facebook groups or something? Like I just barely watched that video too. Or like why? Yeah, I think Mary, maybe Eric brought it up, or maybe Teresa. I don't remember. I was just so, like, you're saying that. I was like, what are the odds that we're all watching the same YouTube video? And there's two versions. There's a shorter one. And then there's a long, shorter one where she's just talking by herself. And then there's a longer one with she's being interviewed by somebody. So anyway. You know, we call the shorter one. Yeah. They're both, they're both fascinating. It so is, it is very good. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's super applicable. Like your experience there with, um, <laughs> Uh, President Nelson and his father here and that that same kind of thing like that release that can happen and, and it eventually mm -hmm. does and uh, you know like I don't know just all of the different insights that uh, are, are paralleled there I love it um <laughs> see what I mean like I don't know if we'll be able to like cover each uh, conference talk but uh 
this has been so fun to like thoroughly dive into uh, this one talk and, and just exhaustively uh, look at it. And I'm sure there's tons more there. Like as I keep looking at this throughout this next week, it's going to be fun to, because I'm going to go back through the videos and like write each person's little insights in uh, in my notes here. I've saved lots of space for, for all of your insights uh, as well. And trying to collect those all together. It's going to be so fun. Um, but I, I highly encourage anyone that wants to uh, uh, kind of share any insights or notes or uh, pictures or whatever from your personal studies about these conference talks that we're studying, post them on the Facebook group or on uh, Learning Zion, uh, the website, um, as we're, we're going through them. I think it would be very helpful and, and everything to kind of see and experience each other's um, studies throughout the week. Um, but if not, I, I totally get it because <laughs> it's kind of a lot just to study it yourself. Um, but if you have uh, a moment and stuff, I'm going to try to uh, pull up like my uh, chiasms and stuff that I uh, spent time working on or whatever. I'll post those on Learning Zion and so other people can, can get those if they wanted them or whatever. That'd oh. be great. I was going to ask you for them. <laughs> yep. yep, exactly. Um, but yeah, anything else from, from this talk before we end up, or if you wanted to, to quickly kind of go over some of the other talks or any other insights that, that you have that are coming to mind? <clears throat> it's been so fun. <laughs> My head is just like swimming. There's so many things that I've learned tonight and so many like new assignments that I've got written in my, my margins here. But if not, that's totally fine too. Well, I'm, I know I'm just, I'm looking cause I had some ideas before we started. Uh -huh. But yeah, so if you've got like the, the book of Nelson, uh, you know, those, intermediary chapters like chapter one and two that are before any of these conference talks are, are super interesting to uh to go through um uh, the so interview in one in one starting on verse 11 mm -hmm. he's he talks about making covenants right it's where he starts on his keep on stay on the covenant path so this is where we first start um getting introduced to covenants that he will reintroduce when he asks us to um, research the covenants made to Israel and everything like that. But he starts to talk here and he says that when we go to the temple, we are endowed with power, right? We're sealed as families. And as we're faithful, we qualify for eternal life. Um, and then he said, the ordinances of the temple and the covenants you make are key. And they list several things. They're key to strengthen life, to strengthen your marriage, to strengthen your family, to resist the adversary, to increase your personal revelation, increase your peace and fortify your commitment to stay on the covenant path. And so, um, you know, I like lists, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> I seem to find all the lists. Cameron finds the chiasms and I find the lists. So and um, then Cameron charts the chiasms and the lists. <laughs> I know, right? Well, most lists are chiastic. <laughs> I love it. We have, um, you know, just all of these things that the temp are keeping our temple covenants will help us in these seven areas of our life. And I think it's interesting. How many are there? Seven. What does seven signify? Complete. Completeness. Hey, right. Nancy, what? There, where are you? I can't find where you're I'm, at. I'm on chapter one, page verse four. 12, page four of Cameron's book. Oh, page four. Oh, okay. Yeah, chapter one. I went all the way Sorry, back to the very I, you, first I, You lost me. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. No worries. And he even he even went on um, in verse 14 and told us that very first time, right, that we are to help prepare the world for the second coming of the Lord. And if you go through all of his, as you go through his talks, look for how often he talks about how we have to prepare for the second coming of the Lord. Just just highlight it, right? Every time now that we're starting, as you go through, just highlight that it will be amazing to you how yeah. much he talks about it. And you especially know. your decision to base this from the actual Salt Lake Temple at the time, you know, like they wanted to start with the end in mind, I think is how they said it, right? Yes. Uh -huh. like, because I mean, that's kind of unprecedented that we have an actual announcement from the temple and and all of this i mean uh, anyway there's lots of symbolism lots of patterns and, and things in that but it's all pointing to preparing the world for the second coming and that's i mean it's such a prevalent theme throughout all of president nelson's stuff and and we see many people saying oh we don't really talk about second coming anymore or you know preparing or preparedness or whatever and then you have bednar's talk that's like <laughs> seriously guys <laughs> I know I loved that talk. <laughs> so Cameron, as you were talking about the temple, that made me think about something. Um, I have I have a challenge for you. <laughs> oh yeah. Sweet. It has to do with chiasms. You'll love it. All right. So starting here, they begin at the temple, mm -hmm. right? So as you're going through stuff, look for the references of the temple in things that President Nelson is telling us and look through what's happening with the temple because the temple was functioning and open and everything during this time, right? And watch what the temple is doing as it's going into construction and all the stuff and the talks that he talks about and all the things happening in the temple. And, and we're halfway through, right? <clears throat> are we halfway through? We might be a little more than halfway through. Let's look and see, are we going to see a coming back out of things? Just that thought just came to me and look how much the temple is such an emphasis of each of his conference mm -hmm. um things or whatever you know like last conference wasn't that the the one where he's sitting like uh not sitting standing in that that circular portal kind of thing or whatever right and it's i mean just everything about touring it and and the the capstone removal and and entering it and stuff very interesting i i love that assignment you know, from removing debris from your life mm -hmm. right to um working on your foundation right everything like that 
And if you look at the number of temples, I, I went through this already and I um, marked down how many temples he announced in each conference. So since he has been the president of the church, he has announced 82 new temples. <laughs> I mean, think about the, the early pioneers or whatever they must be like. I mean, within four years, 82, like, what? <laughs> yeah, 82 new temples and of course in eight conference sessions of course april 2021 with 20 of them for you know <laughs> april 2021 that was you know that was cool we gotta there's gotta be some reason there's that number you mm -hmm. know <laughs> but in this particular um conference of april of 2018 he announced seven he announced seven new temples and um they were only two of them were in the U.S. Layton, Utah, and Richmond, Virginia. The rest were all around the world. And I think as we look at the temples, right, and look at where, where they're being built and where they're being announced, I think we can see that he's um, doing even more. Um, in the next session, he only, there was only one in the U.S. and it's Washington County, Utah. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess there's one in Puerto Rico, if you count Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. Poor Puerto Rico, right? <laughs> yeah, we just got done with, with those in the 1910 census project or whatever. That was yeah. Fun. yeah, there were two in the U.S. in um, April of 2019 and out of the eight that were announced then. Um, one, two, he stopped putting them in order. There were three in the US right out of the eight in October of 2019. In April of 2020, we had Syracuse, Utah, Pittsburgh, Florida. So there were three there out of the eight. Oh, look at you having your little list. I had it from group A, we were looking at this. <laughs> and in 2020, October, there were only six, but only one in the US, right? Mm -hmm. And then and then our list of 20 of them, mm -hmm. right? Where, you know, you got to Burley, Yep. And I got my mission one. Yeah, the Oregon one by me. Yep. Mm -hmm. So there's five in Utah out of those out of those 20. Um, and then in 2021. And then we get like this random Ephraim one in between conferences, which was awesome. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you know why? Because everybody was so upset that they were gonna totally definitely anti. My family was pretty vocal about that one. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's really funny because I took my mom there. Um, I guess in 2019, and she's 93 now, so she was 90, and I took her there, and and the only thing she remembers, we were talking about it today. She said, "Manti, is that the one with all the stairs?" <laughs> I love it. Yep. It has, I like, yes, 
<laughs> you know, most people go be like, is that the one with the pterodactyl? No, that, the one with lots of stairs. <laughs> one with lots of stairs, lots and lots of stairs. But in the in October 2021, they actually announced quite a few in the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. We have Texas and Wyoming and Idaho and another in Utah. And then, you know, reconstruction on the cupcake in Provo. Um, the, the Orem Temple is coming along nicely. I drive past it a couple of times a week. Um, the lights are on them outside at night. It looks like they're going to do... I don't know if it's going to stay two colors, um, but the center part is a lighter color than the big part at the bottom. So, um, you know, before you get to the spire, um, you know, so that's, it's kind of been interesting to watch the progression of the Orem one. Um, but I, within, within 10 minutes, 15 minutes tops of my house, they're building Orem, Saratoga Springs, Linden, and gonna rebuild Provo, right? And I live in the shadow of Mount Timpanogos, so it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I never thought I would be here, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Uh, the the scope of temple work that, that President Nelson is yeah, but it would be interesting. Look for, do we have a chiasm that's beginning on temples? And if so, where's that going to lead us, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, because how many have said that we currently think of temples in the hundreds and we will soon think about them in the thousands? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, all right, bring it on. <laughs> but I'm waiting for them to say, okay, we're just going to start converting stake centers to temples. <laughs> yep, that's what I want. If you look at the way the buildings are laid out, there's a possibility. Yeah. Some of them, anyway. I mean, they're not all of them, but most of them. The new one. The mm -hmm. new one, not the old ones. Yeah, <laughs> the old ones. House pioneers. I woke up one morning to the whisper, North Ogden Temple. And I thought, ah, the only way that would happen is if I think if they converted one of the buildings which they totally could and what did they say um my son was on a mission the independence missouri mission they said they have it takes three hours to that they can convert the visitor center there to a temple they have all the things for it and it that's and that's how long it takes to um turn it into one so i don't know Speaking of Independence, Missouri, did any of you see on any of the Facebook groups the the post of the the just Christian minister who was talking about Independence, Missouri? Mm -mm. All right, I'm looking for it. Give me a sec. Uh, whoever was sharing it was only sharing it as a comment under other things. Oh yeah, that, the whole, so, oh, that's why I hate social media. It's so hard to find things. I hate it when they did that. Well, you know, I didn't realize I was going to need to um, to talk about it again. Um, but it, basically, this um, this guy said, you know, this is what the Lord said to me four months ago. Mm -hmm. You know, things are beginning in Independence, Missouri. And he talked about how he moved there 
Um, Interesting. I know, right? Because we were like, who is this guy? Who Who is this person that's saying this? He's just going a Christian minister. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm trying to find it. I don't know. If I can find it, I will. I'll I'll take that screenshot and throw it up in the Learning Zion group. Yeah, for sure. That'd be awesome. So. All right. Okay. Well, it's been fun to say the least. <laughs> I love both group A and B have been so wildly different, and yet, oh my word, such like <laughs> my mom's got her work cut out for her going back and watching because <laughs> uh, these ones are extra long this one's what an hour and a half the other one was two hours <laughs> well you're the one who assigned us these talks right so well, what is your guys's opinion on our pace and what we're studying and everything we continue going on the same way uh, studying all of the talks but primarily focusing on one for our discussion or do you want to do a different way revamp like I'm open to suggestions. Uh, it, I, my vote is uh, we can continue doing what you're doing, right? We have our, our um, you know, we can focus on the one. If we find that we run out of stuff to talk about, you know, if you've read all the others, we can move to the others. It's mm -hmm. not a biggie. I think it works really good. And then if I watch all the other ones, it's a whole new <laughs> whole thing, which it always was anyway, even with the same chapters. Uh -huh. And then, yeah, I my goal with it was to kind of build like this this database or whatever of videos that that we can go back and reference, you know, like awesome. a couple of years from now and being like, oh yeah, like what was that one talk? And the, let's go watch our discussion on that talk, even if you weren't necessarily part of it at the time that we filmed it, but um, being able to just kind of have all of his talks, uh, a deep dive on them kind of a thing. That's great. I think it works really nice, Cameron. We'll, we'll continue on if you ever have an idea or <laughs> be like, guys, we need to slow down <laughs> so I can study it. Like, let me know so we can uh, keep at it. But anyway. We appreciate all of the work you've done to put this together. Uh, right? Awesome. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> like, um, my my latest project is that the uh, the words of Joseph Smith, getting that printed from uh, Herrick's link, I think it was. Anyway, anyway, it's like a good five hundred pages worth, but it is is well worth it. Um, Cameron, how do you find time for all this? Well, that was just like easily handed to me, so I just pushed print on my printer, and then it took me like ten minutes to bind it. Oh, I thought you reformatted it like you did ours. Oh, I was like, oh my goodness. But um, that's a, a fun one. Anyway. Uh, the way you have it formatted is beautiful. Yeah, it, I really like studying that way with like chapters and verses because uh, in the book, you know, like when we were studying Triumph of Zion, we were always like, oh, okay, well, the Where are you? Yeah. paragraph on that page kind of thing. This one's really handy to like go chapter and verse. And, and, and you it, left so much room to write. It's so helpful. Uh -huh. And like, you know, kind of reflecting on President Nelson's words as scripture, right? You know, it, it just kind of looks and has that flow and everything. I, I think it's kind of fun. But 
Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about retreat ideas some other time, but <laughs> I, I so have, excited. I'm dying. My way. <laughs> I think that that it would be so fun. And um, is Sarah still on here? Yeah. And Sarah was like, yeah, I had the exact idea and I was going to throw it your way. If you ever have any ideas, throw my way because that's where <laughs> have some of the, the funnest topics and, and things. And anyway, I, I love our groups. They're so fun. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Who would have to come the farthest? Who lives the farthest away? Oh, I think Laura. Oh, Laura. North Carolina. Wow. She's probably passed out she's like yeah <laughs> she might have it's still... almost midnight at her house <laughs> yeah, we got some oh, yeah. nights in texas like we've got some pretty distant people so i the, the last thing i want to do is like leave anyone out with a but anyway it's just everybody's always wanting to to actually get together and talk about stuff you know because we're we're fairly focused and uh, on our weekly zooms and stuff but being able to like talk like uh leslie and becky uh, came to malta the other day and we just had like an awesome time just like freely talking about whatever it was just free for recorded it for us <laughs> <laughs> where does cindy live cindy's in colorado oh and tracy you're in oregon i'm in oregon Elle's in oregon Mm -hmm. oh it would take me let's see it takes me 16 hours to get to utah oh down to my mom's house in southern where are you? idaho where are you leslie this is in ogden i'm in north ogden utah well that's not bad yeah i'm only about three and a half hours from utah county that's where we moved here from so it's not too far Mm -hmm. where are you cindy um rangeley colorado i know where that is <laughs> i grew up at vernal <laughs> oh did you yeah. oh my gosh that's funny yeah we just moved here about a year ago we love it yeah. some great people here cool yep small world <laughs> very small we're all in a fishbowl <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, and I'm 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 in Utah County still, so mm -hmm. I'm in the thick of it. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, have fun this next week studying the next conference. So we're going to be focusing on October 2018, and um, let me pull it up really quick so I make sure to tell you the right one. Um. So group B will be uh, focusing primarily on becoming exemplary Latter-day Saints from the October 2018 conference. All right, well. Thank you. Have a great week. I have week. a question real quick. Yeah, for sure. So on that little chart that you just put up on there, um, it says, so is group C doing ministering and let us all press on both of those? Um, no. So like the introductory remarks and ministering are just like really tiny little ones. And so um, I don't have any of our, our groups. Well, we might do that in our in-person group maybe, but um, anyway, yes, study those, but we probably won't have um, many discussions on those. I, we probably should just incorporate those into each of the, the groups since okay. they're small. So 
but yeah, just the ones that, that have the parentheses next to them. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. I like that. Yeah, because I mean, when we do the Hosanna shout, we'll definitely be talking about that one in all the groups. <laughs> Who got that one? Oh, nobody. Yeah, nobody got that one. We're all going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll probably do that one uh, mainly in conjunction with Hear Him, but I mean, I think all the groups will be interested in uh, really studying out that Hosanna shout because there's some powerful stuff there. Looking in hindsight, shoot. Um, all the links of things that all the symbolism of what that goes through with what's going on in the world. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I, I wrote like a whole article on it with the Hezekiah story and all of that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, it's, it's deep and intense. <laughs> For those people who say there's nothing new that they hear at general conference, they're just not paying attention. <laughs> yeah i remember that first general conference i think it was this one that um the first one that president nelson was and and yeah i saw people saying eh, it was it was okay it was typical it was you know just another general conference i'm like what <laughs> Even if you didn't understand it, at least you felt something, didn't you? Like you like the energy that was there. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it all depends on what you're focused on. Yeah. Right. Where where's your where's your focus? Where's your um, attention? You know, are are we are we facing Babylon or are we facing Zion? Mm -hmm. You know. Are we headed towards Zion, but we have our summer cottage in Babylon that we don't want to leave, right? What, you know, we, we talked today in Sunday school about what are you willing to put on the altar? What are you willing to sacrifice, right? So that's the people who haven't gotten to that point yet, they're, they're missing all this because it's in layers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think we all we all pick out different things based on what it is that's going on in our lives and what stands out to us. And I think that's what's so good about this group is that, um, you know, I'll have some insights. Cameron, you'll have some. Everybody else will have their own things that stands out. And you'll go, oh, yeah, well, you know, I read right over that. How did I how did I miss that? Or why didn't I label it this way? And you're like, oh, because that's not as it's not what my focus was when I was reading this, you know, and every time you read it, you can have a different focus and view, I guess. So anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why I, that, that worksheet or whatever, it's like, there's, <laughs> you'd have to be like, uh, have a whole week just to go through half of the, the bullet points on it and stuff. But isn't it so fun to like have different uh, ideas and, and things coming through? Yeah. yeah I love that. Yeah, I actually went through when he was talking about the process of what, um, of, of him, of the brethren getting together and ordaining him and stuff. I went back and looked at the conference talks that President Monson gave and President Hinckley and President Hunter and President Benson and how they all described their own experiences. And it, that was kind of interesting as well. Uh-huh. I would love I think to. A lot of a lot of the same wording was used. 
like I went back and just listened to these current apostles describing the apostolic interregnum and, and all of that and their experiences and testimonies behind it. But I never, <laughs> I don't know, it didn't even occur to me to go back and look at the previous prophets and, and their descriptions and stuff. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, they all said, you know, he, he said um, that he was, he was humbled, right? That he felt comfort um, uh, from the Lord you know, when he was awakened in the middle of the night, right? But um, President Monson said, I very keenly, feel very keenly my dependence upon the Lord. And I address you from the absolute depths of humility. President Hinckley said, humbly, I seek the direction of the Holy Spirit. President Hunter actually talked nothing about the transition <laughs> at all. And he only spoke one time in, in the whole conference not per session once in the whole conference. Um, Ezra Taft Benson said he felt very keenly his dependence upon the Lord, right? So there's that theme that goes through there. And um, President Nelson said, you know, the first presidency was reorganized in the simple yet sacred pattern established by the Lord. President Monson said reorganized with the well-established um, and precedent after the pattern which the Lord put in place. President Hinckley reorganized following a precedent well-established through generations of the past. And President Hinckley so said, we partook of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Really? That's an interesting little tidbit that the other ones haven't. Yeah, yeah, right? And Ezra Chap Benson didn't make any mention of a pattern. Um, but it was interesting, you know, President Hinckley was precedent, President Monson was a precedent and a pattern, and now President Nelson was the pattern. Mm -hmm. they're, they're leading us toward look for patterns. Yeah. And what is that? Because God always works in patterns. And what is the pattern in the future? And right. knowing the things that, that are coming and happening is like, huh, interesting. The pattern was the same. And and, um, you know, President Hinckley said, you know, we partook of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper and then, you know, did this. I would say that that's part of the pattern mm -hmm. that we didn't get from this talk or, you know, even President Monson's. But if that's the pattern that they're following, then we can be pretty sure that the same thing happened. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and President Nelson said he's humbly grateful for the sustaining support. Do you think he knew how much sustaining people would need to give him? <laughs> so many people nowadays are wanting to not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like so. Kathy was talking about earlier, you know, that, that reference where Nephi and his uh, tears water is pillow by night and stuff you know like when president nelson's receiving revelation and stuff and uh, you know with foresight and all of the the things that that come with being a prophet right and like <laughs> his counsels with the lord like okay i i know everything's uh, your will and everything but like man people are really gonna turn against the lord through some of this like the winnowing and all of that kind of stuff like it's a very tender um moment to to be a prophet at this time uh you know in all times but like i can only imagine well you know amos 3 5 the lord truly the lord doeth nothing save he reveal it 
to his servants, the prophets, right? And there are so many people that want to hammer him with that and say, well, you must not be a prophet. I'm like, why? Because he didn't tell you? Just because he doesn't tell us doesn't mean the Lord didn't tell him. So, you know, the Lord may have said, hey, this is what's coming. I need you to see this. I need you to do this. And now you have to figure out how you're going to get the people who are here ready to be here by this time. Mm -hmm. right and then leaves it up to him on how to do it yep yeah. so anyway oh. <laughs> uh, all right scott is over here doing this <laughs> <laughs> well we're waving back at him so we'll <laughs> i was wondering where he was he he is um we got a glimpse of him when we'd seen the. <laughs> He's rocking. <laughs> there he is. There's Thanks this side of the table. <laughs> oh, yeah. He always says, You don't have to turn it. They don't have to see me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, All right. we will see everyone next week for another fun study. We might have to like, <laughs> make these two hours and I'll have to rearrange my dinner schedule, but <laughs> it's been fun. I love it. All right. We'll see you. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Bye.